This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome again to the Digital Agency Insiders podcast, the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs built and grew their digital agency. I'm Tabitha Thomas, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, can I encourage you to go subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you're getting your podcast from. And while you're there, drop me a little review. I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. So let's jump into today. Today I have with me Chris Williams of Elite Agency. Chris has over 20 years of experience in entrepreneurship, for-profit leadership, and socially responsible marketing engagement. He has helped creative agencies build wealth and agency owners develop innovative winning strategies. His experts include lead generation, creative team building, and allowing owners to focus on what they do best. Apart from leading his own agency, Chris hosts a private mastermind for creative agency owners looking to scale and optimize their business. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Yes, I enjoy uh, talking to all types of entrepreneurs. So that brings me to my very first question. I always ask the same question anytime I talk to anybody on this podcast, because I absolutely love telling other people's stories. And I've said this a billion times, but a lot of people have this notion that you have to be born with some kind of gene to become an entrepreneur. Like it's just something you have, you know, that it's not something that uh, everybody has and that couldn't be further from the truth. So I love telling the stories about what it looked like for each person to become an entrepreneur because each story is so drastically different. <laughs> so Absolutely. what did your story sound like? How did you, how did you get to where you are today? If there is a common gene, I think it's a little bit of a crazy one. It's probably <laughs> the common connection. You got to kind of want to jump off a cliff every now and then. Oh, that's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in my journey, I've been an entrepreneur since I, I guess, since I was little, I, I started cutting grass when I was 11, traded my neighbor, for a lawnmower so I could scale my lawn mowing business at age 11. I got the lawnmower, I cut the yard for free, it gave me the capital, so to speak, to have yeah. equipment so I could go cut more yards. And on it went, sold that when I was 20 with three crews. Um, and Jill, my wife and I got to travel a ton. And I mean, it was just fantastic. So I kind of had it in my blood, I guess. And I kept doing that through college. And then I became a financial advisor to sell stocks, bonds, insurance, all that kind of stuff, learned, kind of cut my teeth on sales. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to take that knowledge. I'm going to start my own financial advisory firm. So in 2008, early in 2008, I took all of our clients and we built our own financial advisory wealth management firm with high-end clients. And then the recession happened. Oh my gosh. Like we put it all <laughs> on the line and had to rebuild from scratch. I mean, we had all our clients, but oh my gosh, it's so painful. So then rebuilt that, ultimately sold that, that firm in uh, a few years ago. Uh -huh. But in the process, I started building out creative agencies. I love the creative model. I love, I, I think I love building. I, I think I'm a Lego builder and I like building things that work and systems uh -huh. and tools. And I like being creative in the process. So a creative agency fit for me. And so now, long story short, we've had four agencies on the fourth when we build them and sell them. I love doing that. And right now, our agency that actually I work in day in, day out is an agency that builds and grows surgery groups in rural communities 
around the United States. That's what my agency does. And your intro speaks more to how my, my group helps and teaches other agencies because we've, we've gone through that cycle where we were working 12, 18 hour days, just killing it on the Saturdays. Oh, I've got five kids and Jill and I wanted more time with our family. So I realized back in 2000, I don't know, I'd say 2012 or so, mm -hmm. I started realizing, you know, there's gotta be a better way to run a creative agency. And I was still kind of exiting the financial advisory role at that point. There had to be a way to do this and do it smarter with a lot less time and a lot higher profit margin. We were making decent money, maybe 30% margins, mm -hmm. but with 16 hour days. And that wasn't sustainable. I was going to lose my family. So, yeah. so I started building the processes and understanding the people skills and the hiring and the VAs, all the things that go into it. And now Tabitha, I honestly, I work less than 30 minutes a day and, and we have a business that scales. Our agency goes on its own. And so that's where the mastermind and our private Facebook group, all of that spun out of people leaning in saying, wait a second, what are you doing? And how do you do that? So I love teaching how we do that. And I'm glad to be here to talk about it because it's, I love it. I love makes it. Me excited. So yeah. So the niche you talked about was really intriguing. So you help build surgery groups. Am I hearing that right? Surgery groups in small rural communities. How did you come to that niche? How did that one happen? Cause I, that's, I honestly one I've not heard of yet. So that's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested in that. You know, there's, there's a group of people that do everything and there's thousands of them. So once you find, you know, there's niches everywhere. I'm a huge uh -huh. fan of niches. And one of the things that we've kind of perfected in our agency model and that we love teaching in the Facebook group or in the mastermind is taking that niche and niching it over and over and over again. So every year we go through a process where we take our clients in our agency, just staff and I, and we look through the client list and we think through who's been the most profitable, who's been the most fun, and who's taken the least amount of time to work on. Those three things, mm -hmm. profitability, fun, and time and if you've been the most profitable you've been fun to work with and you've taken as little time as possible not because we don't want to work but because it's efficient yeah then we focus on that those three things become the market the target who we ask for for referrals who we're after the next year so mm -hmm. every year our agency becomes more efficient more profitable and more fun to work in literally just that simple we do it every year religiously we never fail to do it and that's who we pick to be clients the next year that makes is, sense yeah it makes total sense and total so the sense. niche finds itself like yes i didn't get into it to do this the niche find we we just love what we're doing and we keep doing it and it keeps getting more and more focused so i'm guessing and tell me if i'm wrong but i'm guessing that you were a lot like a lot of people you were kind of servicing everyone until you figured out the ones that oh, actually yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how you got to the niche that you're in now. So you started with everyone and then figured out the ones that were the most fun and the most profitable yes. and go after those. Early on, if you could pay me and I could with a straight face <laughs> say, oh yeah, I can do that. You were my client. It was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think every agency owner has to go through that at least once Absolutely. in their life just to say they've done it <laughs> and Absolutely. they'll never ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Very so inefficient, me, but it pays the bills early on, right? Isn't that true? That's very true. Well, and you learn so much when you're able to start there and then move from that. So, mm -hmm. so tell me about your uh, core services inside the agency right now. 
Yeah, so in our agency that helps surgery groups, we're like a lot of other creative agencies. We do a lot of branding, messaging, copywriting, graphic work, web design, funnels, you name it, paid ads, all of that. But mm -hmm. we found in our model, again, we're looking for least amount of time, most profitable and fun. We now outsource probably 90, 95% of everything we do. So we now have created an ecosystem of a bunch of other creative agencies and we send the work to them. We're really, really good and have a lot of fun and highly profitable at finding and generating leads mm -hmm. in niches. So that's what we focus our time on. And then we run a very concierge white glove type service for the client experience and handle all communication and services that we pass through to the other agency owners that we outsource to. Love it. Well, um, that leads me to a question that I get literally every single day in our group. And it's, how are you finding these people to outsource to? And how do you know how much you're paying them? And how do you determine who's the best fit for your agency? I'm, I'm literally every single day. That's a question in our group. That's a great question. It's a lot <laughs> like, it's a lot like dating. I don't know how else to say that. I think that's a really good comparison. You have to get to know people no yeah. matter how good their funnel is or their pitches or their pricing structure and how much profit you think you're going to make. Ultimately, are they good at what they do? Do they deliver on time? And is the price reasonable? We work with some groups that we outsource to that are a little frustrating because they struggle with like the details and some of the delivery deadlines we have and we have to babysit a lot, mm -hmm. but they might be at a cost that's low enough to make it worth it for us. Gotcha. Sometimes there's things you're like, you know, we don't need a hassle here. We need it done every time and we'll pay a premium to make sure that happens. So you got to try it out. We work with referrals a lot. I like being able to say, hey, Tabitha, who do you use for X? And mm -hmm. if you say, oh, I've been using the person for three years. They're amazing. That just handles a lot of it for us. Gotcha. So do you look outside of referrals? Do you look in any particular like Upwork or anything like that normally for nope. people? No. Used to. And we don't anymore. Okay. Used to early on because I quite honestly didn't know how to source and find someone who could do something. Yeah. Now our network is deep enough and there's plenty of online communities, Facebook communities, whatever. It's super easy to reach out and be like, Hey, anybody knows somebody who does this. Gotcha. Nothing wrong with Upwork. We've no. actually, one of our staff members has been with us for years now. We actually found her via Upwork and hired her full time. Ultimately um, nice. we've used Upwork many times, but it's, it's been, I bet it's been four or five years since we used Upwork last. Nice. Well, I just know it's a good starting point for someone who's, okay, I've not ever outsourced at all. Where do I start and what do I do? Yeah, it's a so, great place. So outside, I know you're doing a lot of, you know, white label stuff and you're, you're sending it off, but is there any equipment or software that you use in-house that makes your agency work and flow smoothly? Absolutely. Got to have that stuff. <laughs> I love systems and we love processes. So here's yes. what we do. We use three things over and over. I'd say four if you want to count Zoom. <laughs> our staff is entirely virtual. Um, yes. I've only met one of our staff members ever. Um, and that's really, really fun. So our staff is all virtual. They're based in, around the US and several countries overseas. So we have kind of a full 24-hour cycle for our client service. Um, the, so Zoom, obviously, for communication, it's mm -hmm. the best. It's super easy. Everybody's got a Zoom account. They're free. You don't have one and you're watching this go get a zoom account and play with it it's really fun that's what we're recording on <laughs> yeah it's working right here uh, okay so zoom and then but from a project management and task management standpoint we use rike w-r-i-k-e okay I'm there not are lots of those things out there asana Basecamp, camp um uh -huh. trello there's tons of them out there honestly 
we, we don't subscribe to any of them from a, um, an affiliate standpoint. There's, yeah. there's no money in this for me saying all this stuff for anything. The, the one you choose is the one that works for you. Mm-hmm. Don't get all caught up in the buzz of the newest, latest, greatest one that you're seeing in your Facebook feed or that the leader you follow just hammers and hammers and hammers and says you have to subscribe to it. Because quite frankly, there's probably an affiliate link behind that conversation. Mm-hmm. Pick the one that works for you. So we use Rike. So why do you use Ripe? What's so great about it for your agency? When we started using it six, seven years ago, it worked really well with Google Drive, which we use Google Drive for everything, docs, spreadsheets, presentations, all of it. Easy to share as a team. It integrated really well with that and it had the structure we needed um, so we could plan projects and tasks and give permission to different team members for different security levels. We could also allow clients to come in on certain tasks or projects Mm -hmm. and invite them sporadically as we needed. Um, we love the communication. Everything we do internally as a team is communicated through Rike, unless it's on a Zoom call. Gotcha. So we try to keep all interoffice emails to a minimum. Everything goes through Rike. That way it's all there. Mm-hmm. All the systems do almost the same thing. It yeah. comes into, is it more visual, yeah. more graphical, you know, whatever. Preference. <laughs> Preference. Big rule here, don't change systems unless you're going to get like a 5 to 10x return in time or money. So people bounce systems a lot and it messes with teams. Entrepreneurs are notorious for that. Mm-hmm. Teams need structure, stability, and consistency. And unless you're gonna get a five or 10 X return or more, just don't change. Okay, so what's the other two? You said Google Drive, so right? Like Google Drive, Zoom, and then we're really big on SOPs, standard operating procedures. So we'll document steps one through 10 on a process in a Google Doc. And then we'll jump on and we'll do a screen recording. We use ScreenFlow 8 or I think ScreenFlow 9 is the one that's out now. And we just simply jump on, record the desktop, record the video, and we walk through a process and we explain literally how to do it. That way our staff doesn't have to go back and reteach and relearn over and over and over again. That's a, that is a, yeah, one theme that I'm seeing from all of these podcasts that every entrepreneur, every successful entrepreneur that I've talked to, Every one of them have brought up SOPs. Every one of them. You got to have SOPs. If you don't want to work a million hours and you only want to train it once, you got to have SOPs. And now we have an SOP that teaches our staff how to build their own SOPs. <laughs> I don't build SOPs anymore, which is so great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So how long into your agency before you realized that that was an issue and you had to put those in place? A year or two. Okay. It was when I finally took on so many clients and figured out the sales process and yeah. figured out how to sell high ticket um, clients, mm-hmm. it, the workflow came in so rapidly and our income was going through the roof, but I was just getting hammered. So I realized I got to do this. So I actually hired a coach and learned how to do SOPs. Had enough money at that point, hire somebody, it got it over with fast. We implemented it and changed my life. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So how are you right now getting in front of potential clients? So two, let's go two different directions here. Okay. One is with the agency we run that sees um, surgeons, mm-hmm. 100% referral, 100%. Nice. I've been doing referral-based marketing for quite a while in the financial agency and in, in the four creative agencies. And the referral-based marketing structure, if you know how to run a referral-based system where it's very intentional, you can actually calculate how many leads you'll get, how many closes you'll get, and you can predict it. When it happens, you can turn it on and off, all right? Just like you can ads. 
Okay. We run that system. We actually teach that system as well. It's so helpful that if you want to close high ticket sales and you want a high value, high touch practice where you're actually making that real impact, our profit margins are 76 to 78%, depending on the year. And we work with 10 clients at a time. And typically those are 120 to $180,000 per client per year. So very high ticket close, Mm -hmm. very high profit margin. And we're a very high touch agency. Again, I only work about 30 minutes a day, but my staff does a fantastic job managing those people. I love it. That has to be done through referral. You can run ads and yeah, there's enormous profit margin. So you could just run ads like crazy, but the close and the sales process that goes around what we do to really embed ourselves into that organization, the level of trust we have to have to make the impact in the communities we're working with, we need that referral. So that's what we've chosen there. Okay. Very intentionally. We've tried everything very intentionally. Keep coming back to referrals. I like it. So what would you say if somebody is, you know, starting their agency, they've got it built up a little bit, but they've never really asked for referrals. What would you say would be the first thing they need to do in order to, to even start down that road? Yeah, absolutely. Here's the referral process in a nutshell. Anybody can do this. It's super simple. Replay this section of the podcast over and over, write these scripts down. Here's almost exactly what I say. Mm-hmm. So Tabitha, we've been working together for several years now, for several months now, for several weeks now, whatever the life cycle of the deal is. It's been amazing working with you. And I've noticed that our agency actually does the best work with people exactly like you. So I want to make sure that we keep, this is key, your your process and your work with our agency as pure as possible and as focused on you as possible. So we don't want distractions. We want to work with people like you. So we become better and better at working with you and for you. Next year, we want to do even better work than we have this year. Mm -hmm. So Can we just sit down for a few minutes and talk through who else you would know that's just like you with your same problems and needs, your style agency? That's who I would love to work with next. Do you have about five minutes for that? Every time I ask that, somebody says yes. They know, like, and trust us. We're through all that. Yeah. It's not not a cold thing. That's very, very, very not a cold thing. (laughs) Cold referrals. Come on. Do some good work. So we get to that point. Tabitha, you say yes. And then we roll through our, our referral script and it's simply great, Tabitha. So in, in the way our agency works, we see you as an entrepreneur, a female, you're working with this kind of clientele, you've been in business for this long and you have this many staff people. That's who we're looking for. Again, I'm designing that sidestep based on the profile that we identify on an annual basis, mm-hmm. the client's who are most profitable, take the least amount of time and most fun to work with. Mm-hmm. So I roll through that exact profile that I'm looking for. If it's slightly different than you are, Tabitha, as my client mm-hmm. in this scenario, then I would say we are loving working with you and we're adding on one little section to our agency. Here's who we're focusing on for new clients. All right. That okay. way you don't feel left out, Tabitha, and you get the idea. You clearly describe the profile of the person you're looking for. This, 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 this. Yeah. Say, Tabitha, do you know anybody like that? About half the time, you would say, I can't think of me right now. And I would reply with, I totally understand. How about, do you, you said you do yoga. How about in your yoga group? Anybody like that in your yoga group? Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a girl in my yoga group who's just like that. Cool. You know? Yeah. How about, oh, yeah, at, at the school. Is there anybody in the school group that you, you're hanging out with? 
Oh yeah, there's actually two other people. Good, good thought. I can't even thought of them. Give them a place to put their brain geographically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will think referrals. That's we typically awesome. get five to seven referrals every time we ask. We get then we pivot to, hey, this is awesome. Would you mind connecting us to this person? We don't want to surprise anybody. We hate cold calls. Mm-hmm. Just can we just um, shoot them a text real quick? Or if I get their email address and your email address, I'll send you both a joint email saying, hey, Tabitha mentioned you. Is it okay if we connect? Mm-hmm. Every time we do that, five to seven strong referrals come in on profile pre-qualified that no like can trust me already because you told them they should and we're off the races and we close i'd say we close more than half of those the nice. ones that we don't close simply are already working with somebody else so now a question you mentioned that you work with about 10 clients or 10 uh, people at a time yeah. so are you always looking for referrals is that always a process that you put in place or do you kind of wait until a certain process or a certain point in your journey before you start asking for those referrals i ask for referrals around the six month mark in our process okay we're generating really strong results for our clients around the six month mark it takes a while to ramp up as we know marketing programs and lead generation for anybody so typically around the six month mark is when i start asking you should start asking when the when the process has generated tangible results and your client saying, oh, wow, this is working. Mm-hmm. Referral time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. Can we find a time like for five minutes to me to sit down and say, kind of roll you through how we're growing our practice and if you know anybody else who could use this. And at that moment, they always say, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because they believe and they're buying into what you do as well. So, mm-hmm. So how yeah. are you? onboarding new clients once you get them we've got the referral they they listened to the sales pitch they were like yep you're the agency for me what does the onboarding process look like for you yeah so the onboarding process for us by the way we have way more referrals than we can handle and that's really really good yeah because you want to be picky and that allows you to drive your profit margins up and up and up because then you can really narrow down remember we're only working with that select group and if somebody reaches out and says, hey, I'd like to work, I was referred by so-and-so and they're not exactly on the perfect profile, we outsource them and just find another connection. Um, we don't take a finder's fee. We don't do any of that stuff. We just do our work and we do it profitably and we build a community that works for us. So the how we do our onboarding process, we have an SOP, standard operating procedure. <laughs> We have a we have a call that we a discovery call that we do with every client. Um, once they have become a referral, they they we close the deal, we get the contract signed, and we get a a down payment, a um, a retainer fee. Okay. Typically half of the first month's work, and then we get retainer fees for typically the first six months. We charge a retainer fee for half of the projected next month, so that we're kind of even on how that goes. I want to get paid early. I want to get paid often. I don't want to be left out to dry. And at the same time, we need to continue to build that trust with the client. Yeah. I like Both it. Ways. I like Once it. we have all that settled, we do a discovery call and okay. we have a long document that myself and Kimberly, my director of marketing, we sit down on the phone call with the client, a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And we, we go through that document in detail, which ask all kinds of branding questions, website questions. What do you like? What do you dislike? We've seen those documents before, pretty standard mm-hmm. stuff, but just to get in their head and make sure we're not about to deliver something they don't like. Yeah. So is it always you that's doing that onboarding call? Every time. Again, 10 times a year. It doesn't take that much time. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it was a daily occurrence and we were working with clients who paid two to $5,000 for a service and that was it, 
I would not be involved with that personally. Yeah. I gotcha. So once you get the client onboarded, are you the person that's taking care of that client monthly or do you guys have um, account managers that help you do that part? Yeah. So we have account managers. There's several key staff members on our team. They're each assigned different clients and they're working with those clients day in, day out, week in, week out. Typically I'm on a call once a month to once a quarter with each client, depending on the client's need and how much they want to be involved. Typically it's one time a month for 30 to 45 minutes or one time a quarter for the same. I like it. Just to build a relationship. That's so important. Yes, very much so. Everything in agency is all relationships. Mm -hmm. If you're not good at building relationships, you're going to (laughs) struggle. That's true. Yeah. That's very Uh, true. So what's your favorite thing about what you're doing right now? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I, Tabitha, I think I, for like five years now, I, I can't imagine anything being better in my business life than it is. You know, life is life. We all have our ups and down days. I, I came in this Monday. What was that yesterday? Mm-hmm. I came in yesterday and like for an hour and a half, I could not get my brain in gear. It was so freaking a Monday. Mm-hmm. So finally I got it up and moving. To solve that, typically I place a staff call or a client call or a prospecting call early on a Monday. Because once you get one going, uh-huh. your brain is alive again. All right. It That's is. just me. I like it. What I love about this though, is time solving the money problem. We can figure out Mm -hmm. solving the time problem was changing me as a person, giving up things, saying someone else could do them better than I could do them, Mm -hmm. letting letting go, delegating, understanding that people problems and staff problems are actually manager problems and dealing with myself, fixing me and it freed me up. So now I have time now. I literally in my agency, again, I I work less than 30 minutes a day, which gives me time to hang out in the elite agency um, inner circle Facebook group, which Mm -hmm. anybody watching this is welcome to join. It's free. We just, we just love building agencies. There's nothing for sale in there. We just create content that helps build other agencies and shows them how we do it. The, um, the time there is fun. The time with my kids is fun. I get to hang out when they get home. We travel the world once they get out of, out of school every summer. Fast five years, we've just gone on insane. Last year, we went from northern UK down to the Greek Isles and just roamed Europe for the summer. I can do that because of the model that anyone who owns a creative agency can replicate. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can make that turn happen it, probably in less than a year. Most people, I, I mean... Once you figure out what you do and you know your creative skill, then it's just mechanics. It's nuts and bolts to get the leads coming in, close high ticket deals, automate it and staff it. It's just a progression. I like it. I love what I get to do. Good. So what does your your team look like now? How many people do you have on staff? We have seven people on staff at different levels, meaning full-time to part-time. Yeah. Um, And I'd say... I'd say Scenthold runs with um, five people. And then again, we outsource mm-hmm. in most of the work, right? And those five people, that's a couple of full-timers and a couple of part-timers. I'd have to look and see how their hours actually shape out. Kimberly would know. Um, and then my space as a creative person and somebody who likes building communities and crazy entrepreneurs like we all are, have too many good ideas every day to implement. Um, I have a full-time staff member who gets to hang out with me. She's virtual, but, but um, she, she just 
does the crazy things that we think of. And she chases <laughs> him down. Um, actually, this this elite agency inner circle group, the Facebook group, is is helped an enormous amount by Lucy, who's on my team. The mastermind that I get to teach is amazing. I love doing that because I love investing just so in detail with this, with this group, other creative agency owners. And Lucy manages and operates all of that. So as I chase ideas that I'm passionate about, and as, as anybody here watching, once you get, again, once you get the, the process figured out for leads coming in, closing high tickets, moving that to systems, moving it to people, then all these other great ideas you have, you can actually afford to have somebody hanging out and help you get this stuff done. And you can see it happening. Yes. Well, I bet she has the best job ever because it's never the same thing every day. It's something changing constantly. <laughs> <laughs> that, goes, that goes either way. Again, most staff are not entrepreneurs. They love consistency, right? So yeah. even as, as creative entrepreneurs with amazing staff, we often, I have to still dial back the crazy part of my, I want to chase 10 ideas. Uh -huh. So many entrepreneurs fail because they think of 10 ideas and they keep running their staff to that gauntlet. Yeah. And you have to identify who actually wants that kind of thing and who wants the structure and let them be them and you be you. And you have to, that was one thing I had to learn. I had to learn to insulate my staff from me. Otherwise okay. I was derailing them all the time. Then I was frustrated. Why is my calendar messed up? Why isn't this project done? And they're like, Oh my gosh. Cause you gave us three other priorities yesterday. You know? Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. It's a yeah. very good point. That's a very good point. Almost all entrepreneurs are like that. So the last question that I have for you that I love asking is what are you currently reading or listening to that's helping you be a better leader? I am a listener, not a reader. Um, okay. Kimberly reads all my, e I, I never type emails or read emails. I have, I have staff or my Mac that does that for me. I'm a horrible uh -huh. reader. Just the way my brain ticks. A horrible speller. Thank you for not asking me to write out anything today because it would have been embarrassing. <laughs> so uh, I listen to Audible okay. constantly. Um, this is not going to be the brainiac um, answer you're wanting. No, I'm, I, you can say some children's book and I'd be like, great, tell me about it. <laughs> I love sci-fi. Okay. Right? So sci-fi is where I go to, to put my brain in neutral. It's completely out there, very creative so disconnected from reality, which is pretty much the way my brain works anyway. All right. That's, that's where I, that's what I'm listening to when I go to bed at night. All right. I, like I do not listen to anything while I'm running or walking in a park or out with my dog, my kids, family, whatever, turn it off, get your brain space back. I'm always into one sci-fi book and one biography. All right. So okay. biographies are typically historical figures. And I try to, I, I just simply Google, this is a great place to start. Uh, I Google world classics. Um, World, um, um, most um, read novel or classic novel from South America or from Southern Africa, the Southern half of the continent or from Europe or Asia. I pick yeah. geographic locations and read about their greatest leaders, no matter what their genre. Mm -hmm. And I learn from that. I've read, as we all do, all the latest greatest business books. And quite frankly, um, I read about probably three or four of those a year because I just can't consume and implement doing one a week or whatever some people do. If that's, if that's mm -hmm. their thing, awesome. I read a book like that and it gives me things that I can change and then we change them mm -hmm. and we get it figured out. 
and then I'll go pick up another book. I, like I used to spend a lot of time reading those books and a mm -hmm. lot less time actually doing the work. Yeah. I knew so much and I was not someone you want to work for or follow. Yeah. Too much, uh, not enough action and too much idea. Mm -hmm. I love that you listen to other things outside of business books. Cause I'm the exact same way. I'm like, I have got to, I call it defragging. Like my brain has to defrag when I leave work, Yes. but my guilty pleasure is awful. I listen to my favorite murder podcast. That's great. <laughs> I'm, glad, so I'm glad we're knowing each other virtually and not like sitting across the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's, it's really weird because they talk about, you know, the way people's minds work and what makes them do these crazy psychotic things. And anyway, it's my defrag moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Whatever it is, it works. Yes, yes. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed every minute of it. And I hope to catch up with you again soon. I hope to do the same. And Tabitha, let me say one thing too, actually. Yeah. First off, if anybody wants any more help, information, whatever, I do not have a sales funnel. There is no coupon code. There is no 10% off and Tabitha is not making a penny by having me on this podcast. Thank you, Tabitha. Go to the Elite Agency Inner Circle Facebook group or my handle on Facebook is Chris Williams HQ. Chris Williams okay. HQ, Elite Agency Inner Circle. Request to join the group and uh, or send me a message and say you heard this on Tabitha's podcast and we'll let you in the group. If you're an agency owner, we'll let you in the group. If you're not, it's not gonna be relevant. There's so much content. We do Q and A's. We will help you there. All right. Huh? Second thing, Tabitha, this is amazing. And anybody watching, listening to this, you got to plug into information like this. I looked at the other people you have on the podcast. They're amazing. It's really good content. And Tabitha, quite frankly, is the person you should be leaning into because Aww. she's got the knowledge, the connections, the capacity. You're seeing her do it. And you should be finding ways to spend time with Tabitha. That's that's where your best value is going to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And yes, Thanks join Chris's group because I'm in there as well. So <laughs> you'll be able to see both of us in there. So Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll Thanks. see you guys next time. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.